the angel of the Lord shall encamp around them that fear him, and shall deliver them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is a homily about the angels. This is a homily about the angels because as I was going through the Mass text for today, when I got to the communion antiphon, it, it stood out to me as something somewhat surprising because, and I'm sure at recreation tonight I will hear otherwise, but I think this is the first explicit appearance of the holy angels in the Sunday Mass text since at least Pentecost. I could be wrong, but for me it seemed like the, this was the first time, and that struck me. So we'll talk about the angels. And, and as I was thinking about the angels, I was reminded of one of my seminary professors who said that you can prove the existence of the angels simply by natural human reason. He was a Dominican, so we'll grant him that. But I, but I think his argument was a good one, and it ran like this. If, if, again, by unaided natural human reason, you come to the knowledge of God, who is pure spirit, who is one, and who has all perfection, if you grant that, then the angels follow. Why? Well, if we look around creation, lower creation, with which we are surrounded, we, we see all these wonderful beings around us, all these things that exist, and, and they're all different, and they all have different, different levels of beauty and different levels of excellence. You can start with the lowest creature, like a mineral or something, and you can go all the way up to, to man. And so you can think of creation as sort of a ladder, if we're sort of Neoplatonists, I guess. You can, you can think of creation like a ladder that you can climb up to all the excellence that you see around you to God, who is the most excellent there could possibly ever be. Now, if you deny the angels, then your ladder of being looks something like this. You know, you could think of like, Think of things that exist. Coal, uh, minerals, diamonds, the planet Jupiter. Um, then you could do animals. You could do like invertebrates and things that crawl at the bottom of the ocean. Um, you could get up to birds, wonderful birds that have all these wonderful colors and do marvelous things. Um, the, the insects, I guess, are before them. Um, you could do things like elephants and cheetahs and apes and all these, all these things that are that are really advanced, and then you get to man, and then, then you go right from man to God. <laughs> Which is strange. Imagine the arrogance of that, saying that there's no, there's no creature who's excellent in between man and God. No, there has to be. If there is all this variety around us at these varying levels, there has to be some sort of created being that's pure spirit in between us and God. We can't be the highest being there is next to God. That would be crazy. So that was this Dominican priest, I think, very astute observation. that There has to be these creatures that are pure spirits in between us and God. There has to be. Who are all, they're pure spirit, their intellects are perfect, they're beautiful like God. We are none of those things. But there has to be. So take that for what it's worth. I think it's convincing. I think it's beautiful. But if we look at the Mass texts, though, and if we think of the liturgy of September, there's another reason why we should be thinking about the angels today, I think. The first reason is, today at Matins, we started the book of Tobit. The book which features, as sort of the, the, the unsung hero, 
the Archangel Saint Raphael. So go home and read the book of Tobit. You'll read all about him. We began that book today, this morning, and we will continue reading it all throughout this third week of September. Furthermore, on the 29th of this month, we will have the, the great feast of Saint Michael, the Archangel. So I think we, we can call these Raphael and, and Michael, the angels of September, if you want. We have these two, two angels shining over the liturgy of September. But there's one more reason why I think. If you look closely at the collect, I, I find evidence, at least, of our two archangels in today's collect. We don't always say this Mass in September, probably, or maybe we do, but in any case... The first of these references, I think, is to St. Michael. There's a phrase, tuis semper auxiliis, in the college, in the opening prayer today. And auxilium, that word, even in English, that word carries military connotations. The auxilium, the Romans used that word to denote the troops in battle who were sort of on the edges. They were often the Roman allies the barbarians that were with them, or any other armies that were allied with them, they would often be on the edges of the battles, and they would go quickly to where help was needed, the, the auxiliary, the, the, those who were helping. And so I think with that very martial term in the Colic, we certainly ought to think of St. Michael, the prince of the heavenly hosts, as the prayer says. And we find St. Michael revealed to us in the Bible in the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation, the 12th chapter of Apocalypse, where he does battle with Satan and his angels. So that's example number one in the Collect. Tuis Semper Auxilies, St. Michael. But then there's another phrase in our Collect, the last sentence. The phrase goes, Ad salutaria dirigator. That word salutaria sound, or, or saving, or healthy things, lead, may, may, may she, the church, be led to all healthy things, all good things. That's the perfect job description of St. Raphael in the book of Tobit, where he does exactly this. He guides young Tobias on his journey, Didigator. He heals the blindness of Tobias's father, Salutaria, he gives him health, salus, soundness, and he also, lastly, defends the, the integrity and the sacredness of Tobias's future marriage. So St. Raphael is the one who guides the whole church, us, and especially Tobias, to all healthful things. There he is in the opening prayer. Ad salutaria dirigato. So there it is, I think, our, our two angels hidden in the liturgy of September. Hidden as angels are always hidden, but they still go about there work all the same. But why, why is this important? Why are the angels something we ought to think about? Because after all, the angels are not just nice little ornaments of our religion, like, like gargoyles on a Gothic cathedral, or those cherubs you see tumbling all over the Baroque churches. No, um, they're not just decorative. I sounded like Fortescue a second there. <laughs> Sorry. They're not just decorative. Well, if you go back to today's Mass text, especially the Epistle and the Gospel, you see why we need the Holy Angels. Today's Mass is another one of those Mass formularies that gives us a picture of the two waves. 
two paths that are open to man. Read the epistle. St. Paul very vividly paints the two ways. You can either go the way of various human lusts or the way of the Spirit, the way of grace. Or take the Gospel. Our, our blessed Lord himself says, you, in not so many words, but you can go the way of the pagan who is all worried about just this life, worried only about earthly things. Or you can go the way of trust and love and abandonment. Those are the two ways. And never the twain shall meet. There are only two ways for the human being to choose, despite what the world may want. But the scriptures are perfectly clear. Read Psalm 1. It's all through the scriptures. As we know, there's only one of two ways. The ways of the blessed man, the ways of the man who is lost. We cannot, of our own power, stay on the way of blessedness. We, the baptized by God's mercy, have been placed on the way of blessedness. That's the way it works. By baptism, we're snatched out of the way of the curse, put on the way of blessedness, and if all goes according to plan, we will make it to where we wish to go, life with God. That path will get us to him. But again, we cannot stay on that path unaided. If we want to obey our Lord in the gospel that we heard today, we must have the divine help, the divinis auxiliis. We must have them. This is where the angels come in. I'm thinking we monks, who have been, we sinners who have been called to the monastery, we're trying to live the angelic life as much as we can. Absurd to think that we can do that without the help of the angels themselves, who we are trying to imitate. Crazy. I sounded like Father Son Prior. Crazy. We need the holy angels. And the holy angels are one means by which divine providence has given us to stay on the path of blessedness. So in conclusion, as we as we change, as the natural season begins to change around us, as the liturgical calendar in its way with the ember days coming up begins to shift slightly, as we prepare for the Feast of the Guardian Angels, the first week of October, as all these things begin to happen, we do well to think of the holy angels. Now, not just to think of them, but to pray to them. They're with us all the time. Hopefully the Scola thinks of them every time they stand up and sing the Sanctus. They are there with us. The Catholic is the friend of the angels. And one scripture writer I read calls the angels our big brothers. They are our companions. And we hope to share a victorious eternity with them. Well that we should get to know them and love them now. Because the angel of the Lord shall encamp around them that fear him and shall deliver him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.